I am a believer and not a doubter. Therefore, all things are possible for me. I recognize that it's not by my might, nor by my power, but by your spirit working mightily in me, which I overcome any adversity I may face on our journey. I'm not afraid. Of what sickness can do to me. Because by your stripes, I am healed. I'm not afraid of financial lack. I'm not afraid of financial lack. I'm not afraid of financial lack. Because all my needs, because, 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 all my needs, all, 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 all my needs are met according to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. And I cannot be overcome. I absolutely, positively, no way, no how can be overcome by depression because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding and you won't take it back. I am an overcomer because you overcame and I cannot be stopped. You got some of y'all need to hear that out of your own mouth this morning. Yeah, yeah. I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord, because you're a good, good father. Amen. Amen. You can, you can be seated. I actually, this morning, I had uh, two, two different messages that God gave me, and one of them I was going to do. We have a leadership meeting later on. And uh, I think some of it applies to uh, to this morning, so uh, we'll just see where we go. Let me ask you a question to get started. When we uh, when we read the Bible, have you ever thought or asked yourself the question, "Where was everybody else at when all this stuff was going on with the disciples?" You ever thought about that? Because it talks about what happened with the disciples. How when they, you know, they, they went to prison, they got locked up, they got beat up, they went from one place to the other place. Now, you know, these, I like to wear tennis shoes, make my feet really comfortable. But I don't think Nike or Adidas was around back then. So they, they, you're talking about a sandal with a strap on the bottom of it and they lace across the top. And these guys were walking, they didn't have cars back then. These, these dudes to promote the gospel, we're on the good foot, walking from one place to another place. And, and me, man, I don't like to be dirty and I don't like to be stinky. I don't. But, I mean, they had sweat. They didn't even have AC back then. So they walk in from one place to the other place. They, even some of these, I don't know if they had some of these breathable materials that we got right now. <laughs> they roll it from one place to the other place, hot, 
don't know cologne. I don't even know if they had deodorant. They was Matthew McConaughey back then. I don't even know if they had cologne. But they were going about taking care of God's business. Under these, you know, in this heat. I mean, it's hot. This summertime, Texas. Right? Forget the, the, like the energy bill. It's hot. You got no relief. And so, but the Bible tells us a story about the disciples and what was going on with them. And the other day I just got to thinking like, you know, where was everybody else at? When these boys was going from one place to the other place, getting beat up, locked up in this hot sun, taking this gospel from one place to the other place. Where was other folks at? And I believe it's just like today. Folks either at home watching football, right? Or watching American Idol. That's what people do. They watch football, they watch American Idol, they watch TV, they go here, they go shopping, this, that, and yo. I entitled this series is Developing in Our Giving. But before we can even get to that part, specifically to that part about coming out of your pocket into the plate, we gotta go, so, so we gotta run another wire. And it's gonna start up top. At your heart. So we gotta start, we gotta go through the heart. This is my surgical talk this morning. We're gonna go through the heart to make our way down to your wallet. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So again, this is, this is the way things have always been. I think about, do you, do you think about our military? Do you think about soldiers? Do you think about the fact that soldiers do jobs over in these people over in Afghanistan, over in Iraq, and over in these different places, making sure that the war don't ever come to the United States. Yeah. Making sure that your house don't never get blowed up by IUDs and they got tanks going down your street. Have you ever looked at the news and saw the way some of these people, they in there living and half of the building blowed off and the kids sitting over in the corner eating cereal. Yeah. Half the building gone. This is, and I say eating cereal because that's how they live. I mean, this is how we roll. I'm, Mom, you want me to go to the store and get something? I'm going to skip over the rubble and this and that and the other. I might find a hand or an arm or somebody's watch. It ain't nothing. That's how we live. It ain't like that in the United States because of our arm, because of the Lord, and because of our armed forces. I think about soldiers all the time. Soldiers, and let me tell you something. Soldiers don't get paid like they ought to get paid. But if you pay a soldier the way he ought to get paid, it wouldn't be a soldier. Is that right? Brother Cooper, because a soldier does it for a reason other than money. There's something about a soldier that's different from other folks. Some of these soldiers are, you know, you got these companies over in these foreign countries who have these huge contracts. They're getting paid huge money, and you know what? The, the soldiers, the soldiers are tasked with guarding them sometimes to go from one place to the other place. So here I am with my my uh, AR-15 here. I got my gun. I got my my vest on, my helmet, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm guarding you from go from one place to the other place, not to have anything to do with the war, but because you know this is your business. Now you you supporting the war effort, but you a multimillionaire, and I'm, I'm making peanuts. But I'm guarding you, and I'm gonna protect your life because that's what soldiers do. Yeah, that's the way soldiers are. Have you ever seen this movie? It's a classic movie. Uh, anybody familiar with this movie, Universal Soldier, from back in the day? Van Damme and oh, was that Dolph Lundgren in that movie? 
And I think that somebody correct me if I miss it, but I think the premise of the movie was that they had manufactured these soldiers. Soldiers had died in the battlefield, and so they brought them back, and they manufactured them a different way and brought them back to life. So they were still soldiers, but they had some super special stuff on the inside of them. Yeah, I missed the whole thing. I didn't get no amens. <laughs> Pastor, you're talking about a movie. No, let me run it by you again. They were soldiers that had died Come on. and been brought back to life with some super stuff on the inside of them that made them super soldiers. Yeah, some of y'all get that by lunchtime. <laughs> right, so here we are, crucified with Christ. Yeah. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but I got this universal soldier stuff on the inside of me now. Yeah. Right? So understand something, soldiers do things because they are soldiers. And the scripture describes us in uh, different instances as soldiers. And so the, the thing that, that we have to decide at this point in our life is whether we are soldiers or whether we are civilians. Because the civilians reap the benefits of the work of the soldier. But the soldier goes off to work and lays down. The Bible says no greater love than a man have for his friend than he lay down his life. And this is the United States of America and we're not talking about you going out dying or shooting nobody. We're talking about you presenting yourself as a living sacrifice for the cause of the gospel. Amen. We're talking about you sharing your faith. We're talking about you sharing your resources. We're talking about you training yourself up in the word so you can share it with somebody else. We're talking about you doing what the Bible says is your reasonable service. The Bible says that's your reasonable, your reasonable service. Bless the man of God. We're talking about you doing your reasonable service. Let's keep going. I don't want to. I don't want to go too far. I want to read. I let the Bible beat you up this morning. Why is it that the disciples did all of this walking from one place to the other place? Got locked up. Now, 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 Jerry, it's one thing for me to get locked up behind my own mission, but let's just say you got a problem and you need me to help you with it. And I got to go down through these rough neighborhoods or whatever and get locked up and be fighting people and all on your behalf. That's not my business. That's your business. Right? So here go the disciples on this mission with Jesus. This is, this is the Lord's business. What made them go to such great lengths to spread the gospel? They, they wrote a song about it. You want to hear it? Here it goes. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. That's why they did it. Because he touched them. And once you get the touch, that's all it really takes. See, I don't listen. People, you got martyrs in other countries, people that are dying for the gospel. Being tortured for the gospel. Because he touched them. You ever hear the people get in church and they start preaching and they say, if he don't never do one other thing for me, he did enough. You got to go to black church, really, to hear that. <laughs> if he don't do one other thing, he already did enough. That's true. That's true. Do you know that the scripture says, uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it gives all of those testimonies starting off about all of those rewards that happen to people by faith? Yeah. Who familiar with that? Yeah. 
Has he ever read the end of the chapter though? We don't really like to go to the end of the chapter. Who knows what's at the end of the chapter? Because there was another list of folks in there too that it talked about. That them folks graduated and left the planet and didn't get what they was waiting on. But I, I bet they're not mad. Because he touched me. Oh, he touched me. I'm not mad no more. It don't matter what I don't get. It don't matter what I'm hoping for, what I would like to see happen. Listen, if today was my last day, he touched me. I'm not mad at what I didn't get. He touched me. Listen, on my way to the penitentiary, losing my marriage and all this other kind of stuff, he touched me. Oh, man. It don't matter if I don't get nothing else. It don't matter. The pain is unbearable sometimes, the things we go through. But he touched you. Oh, he touched you. And one day you're going to stand in his face and everything you ever wondered, why, 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 going to be explained. But he touched you. He touched you. We as people. Lenny, he touched you in the gym. He touched you. Your life never been the same. Because he touched you. Big Gib, I watched him touch you and Lenny in the back. He touched you. That's why you come and sit on this front row right here. Because he touched you. Is that right? He touched you. Everything ain't going to be easy all the time, do it? No. No, but he touched you, didn't he? We just people. He touched us. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's why they've been sitting here for so many years. Isn't that right, ladies? Amen. Brother Cooper? Yeah. He touched y'all. Yeah. Is the touch enough? The touch is enough by itself, ain't it? Yeah. If you don't do nothing else, the touch is enough. This is what separates soldiers from the civilians. The touch. If you do, you value the touch. The scripture says the kingdom of God is as a man who found a treasure in the field. That wasn't enough that the dude found the treasure. It says, then the dude went and sold everything he had so he could get the money to go buy the field where he found the treasure. He touched me. Yeah, something happened in the field when he found the treasure. So it says that nothing, everything, listen, what I, listen y'all, I could be him right now telling his friend, listen y'all, while he having a garage selling his front yard, getting rid of everything. Y'all don't understand what happened in the field. Something happened, and now I know he touched me over in the field over there. He touched me over there. So that's why I got to sell my stuff. Well, man, that's your your real uh, 
class ring and your whatever your valuables you got, this, that, and the other. I know it ain't worth, but this, that, and the other, and it got your name on it. Why are you selling it? Because I got to raise the money to buy the field. Because in the field, I got touched in the field, PB. He touched me in the field, so I, nothing else matters, but I got to, I'm hooked on the touch that happened in the field. Lisa, when you got up and you told your story the other day, that's touch. That's the thing about it. And you don't 100% know, you can't explain the touch. But the touch will make you different. The touch will make you different. The Bible says for us to endure the hardship of good soldiers of Jesus Christ. It says that a soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of this world uh, or he cannot please the one who chose him to be a soldier. Let's read these scriptures. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. And you got to use your phone, you got to use your Bible today because we're out of commission on the screen back there. But back, y'all remember back in the old days, like a year or two ago? <laughs> The old days don't have to be that far behind now, man. The old days, six months ago, the old days. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 6, and then we'll read 8 through 12. Now this, I'm excited about this because we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this. But this is here our core, where we need to operate from right here. This is where we need to operate from. This is where you need to operate from as a a Christian. We're going to take a look to remind us through this series of what was really going on in the life of Jesus and the disciples and them that followed him. We're going to see that our life is vastly different. See, today we can have automobiles and vehicles with leather seats in them. And the leather seats will blow AC on your tush. (laughs) I mean, we, we got that kind of stuff. Trucks and big wheels. We blessed like that. Amen. But we got to go back to the roots, see? Yes. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is uh, is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of among many witnesses. The same commit thou, listen, commit these things to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. The goal for them was to share the information of the kingdom so that the people that got the information shared with them could teach other people. That's the same goal that we ought to have. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth, listen, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please the one who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for the masteries, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partake, must be partaker of the first fruit. So he says here, to endure the hard, hardness of a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So there's not only earthly armies, but there's spiritual armies. He said for us to endure the hardships of a, a, a soldier of Jesus Christ. Listen, let me tell you something. The fun and the things that we do, they are part-time things. 
But we, even in the church, have made them full-time things. So the service of Christ is a part-time thing, and the, the, the fun in life is a full-time thing. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You ever notice they don't have a whole bunch of stories in the Bible about them, you know, putting water slides in the front yard. <laughs> they don't have a bunch of stories about that in the Bible. They just get straight to the business. Now, we know that they withdrew and that they had some fun times. But but I'm telling you, when somebody's telling you a story or somebody's writing something, you got to understand the words that they choose to, to give bring forth their point. If he had wrote in that thing anywhere, there were, there were magnificent times of fellowship and fun. People would grab that one scripture and build a whole church and a doctrine off of that thing right there. It says in the scripture, we must have magnificent times of fellowship and fun. So we, we're going to stick on that one scripture. Forget enduring the hardship of a good soldier because that's hard. Yeah, come on. Endure, continue. When you don't want to, go through, do something hard. We don't want that. We want magnificent times of fellowship and fun. That's what we want. But they wouldn't have a magnificent times of fellowship and fun all the time. I guarantee they laughed. I bet they did. If Jesus was here and the disciples here today, they would have a house because we are the modern day disciples. They ain't out there in the streets like a homeless person knocking on the door with no kind of draped up sandals. They would have them some tennis shoes. Probably some Jordans or something like that. Or whatever comfortable footwear. Yeah, my Adidas, the Run DMC song, whatever. They would they would have normal clothes. They wouldn't be weird. Because we are the modern day disciples. Amen. But the difference is that they would be about the business more than they would be about the fun. Back in the day, people... Used to, I mean, it wasn't no issue going to church Sunday, Wednesday, and Sunday night. And then you got choir rehearsal on Thursday. Because the business was important. And now you got to twist the joker home. You need to be at the Bible study. Oh, do I really? We got a meeting. Do I really got to come to that? No, I don't need to be part of that. That's extreme. No, man, that ain't extreme. Because I guarantee you, 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 you know, you find yourself, God forbid, you find yourself sitting up at that hospital bed and the doctor tell you we can't do nothing for you. You want some extreme. Can I get a witness in here? Oh, you want some extreme at that point. Y'all going to come back tomorrow? Pastor Eli, do you got a word for me? I need you to come and pray. Hold my hand. Y'all not leaving yet, are you? Oh, so you want, basically what you want us to come here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night and Thursday night, you want us to be over here praying for you in your moment of need. This is not extreme right now, according to what you need or what you want. Then it's not that extreme. Oh, I'm not the Bible teacher. The other, the other, the ladies are the Bible teachers. I'm the one that, I'm dig the scab off from underneath the skin. Yeah, we want some extreme at that point. I need you to be extreme, Reverend. We do need prayer. Do you have a Bible? Wait, what do you mean? I thought you, you was in church every Sunday. You don't have no Bible? No Bible app on your phone? No Bible app. No Bible app. All the maps you got, you don't have no Bible app? I'm, I'm messing with y'all today. I'm going to mess with y'all for the whole month. <laughs> See, now it's important. 
Mm. It's extreme. Extreme is important now. Mm. Why? Because myself is self-needed. Let's keep going. I told you I'm a message. I told you in advance. It don't mean I don't love you. It don't mean we're not going to have fun. Listen, the Texans, they play tomorrow night. And how about them Cowboys? Right? Yeah, we're going to still watch football, but we're going to do this business right now. Yeah, we're going to do this business. And then we're going to watch football. And I, and listen, the Texans is playing the Saints. I don't think we have a chance. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I don't think we have a chance, but I'm going to be watching. I'm going to sit down. Listen, I'm not taking any calls on Monday night. For all prayer requests, how extreme they may be. I'm just messing with y'all. Well, I'm making the point. We're going to, we, listen, we, listen, do we like to have fun? We do. Yes, sir. Listen, Gibson took us to the zoo. Yes, she did. I'm fixing to have some fun with Gibson right now. <laughs> Gibson took us to the zoo up in Livingston, Texas. Lufkin, that's right. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. <laughs> took us to the zoo up in Lufkin, Texas and told us that it was magnificent. <laughs> it was comparable. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Gibson. Don't get mad. Don't get mad, Gibson. Listen. Hey, you know, I got the microphone. You get, you get me back when it's your turn to preach. <laughs> Gibson took us to the zoo up in Lufkin, Texas, told us had a magnificent a- exhibition over there. We got out there to that zoo. I said, Gibson, what did you do? Why have you brought us? We got stray cats and dogs in Cleveland. <laughs> They didn't took the cat and locked the cat up in the, in the cage. You're talking about it. And the cat got a, a, a speaker over there roaring like a lion. Roar. I said, that's a cat. I know a cat, but I see one. And the raccoon sitting sad in the back right there. I said, we got all that in Cleveland, in the back of the church. Rats, cats, squirrels, and raccoons. The Lufkin Zoo. The Lufkin Zoo. So listen, we like to have fun. I just want to make that point. But we got to take care of the business. We like to have fun. We have a sense of humor. But you got to take care of the business. See, a lot of times people, y'all come around and y'all see us during fellowship times where we, we messing around, but we, we bought the business. We understand what's first. Don't be deceived. Yes, God wants you to be blessed. Yes, Lord, bless me right now. Say, man, that's the only thing I hear you talking about is bless me right now. What about your sacrifice right now? Let's keep going. Now, we t- remember what we say we talked about? It's a hard thing. All right, let's look at this. Read this other scripture, too. Uh, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21. It says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself of these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So he made an example. He said in the house, everything in the house is not valuable. That's the other thing. Right? So you got some things that are set apart for specific use. 
Right? And it's the same way I want you to understand in the kingdom of God. Some folks are going to put forth the effort that is required for the master's use, and some folks are going to sit on the sideline while everybody do everything. But this is not God's doing. God don't decide it. Watch what he says here. If a man therefore purge himself, you choose what you're going to be. Are you going to cut out all of the foolishness and make yourself somebody that God can use? We've been talking about development for months. We're still going down the same road. Are you going to cut the foolishness out and present yourself to, uh, at a point where God can use you? Are you going to keep on with the foolishness and say, you know what, I'm cool being a wooden vessel? Just call me Woody like Toy Story. <laughs> so I'm cool being a wooden vessel. I, you know, honor, silver, gold, and I don't want none of that. Just, I just, I'm a civilian. Ain't no, talking about ducking no bullets and hiding. And, no, I don't need none of that. Weapons of warfare, I don't need none of that because I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going to do nothing. Choice is up to you. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Acts 8, verse 9. We have to understand that there is a cost to be paid to be in a relationship with God. So it ain't just bless me, bless me, bless me. Now, it's a trade. I'm going to bless you, but you got to bring something to the table. But the first thing is your heart must value the things of God. You must value the anointing. I tell you that a million times. You have to value the anointing. So I want to show you a guy who valued the anointing, even from the wrong, but he handled it wrong. But I want to show you that he valued. I want you to understand that people in the world value what we have. They don't understand that it's holy, but they value the end result. Acts chapter 8, verse 9, we're going to read through 24, it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom all they gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying that this man has, uh, is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that they of a long time had, he, because of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries, right? So he was displaying power for a long time. He was deceiving the people, bewitched them with sorceries. But when they had believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, and he was baptized. So listen, they came through with, with the power of God so strong that the witch said, I want to be baptized. And it says that the witch was working his witchery before the people. It says that they, they, they perceived him to be a great one because before the power of God showed up, he was the power. Then the power of God showed up and said, hey, nah, this this dude is... He's a counterfeit. These boys, the real stuff right here. So he lost his audience. The people, people do that. They moved over to a whole nother church. Right? We left you behind. But this time, for good reason, they left him. Hold on, the stuff didn't disappear. All right. Yeah, I don't have no, no numbers in here. I just know where I was. Uh, so then Simon himself believed, and when he was all, he was also baptized, and he continued with Philip 
and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of, uh, word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now we, we can stop right there and camp out right there. The people over there was getting touched, Lenny. They had received the Holy Ghost, they was getting touched over there. So the, the sorcerer was seeing the people getting touched. He was seeing. Listen, how do you see somebody get touched by God unless they get touched by God? Meaning that there was some kind of outward sign. That's why we talk about, when they, when they talk about somebody, they received the Holy Ghost. How do I know you received the Holy Ghost unless something happened on the outside that I can see? That's where the whole tongues thing comes in at. The tongues is not the crucial importance. It's the evidence that something happened on the inside. Amen? Amen. Uh, who when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet, he was falling upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, boom, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay my hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee because thou hast, hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou uh, hast neither part nor lot in this matter. For thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray God if perhaps that uh, perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art uh, in, a, in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. And he answered Simon and said, Pray ye uh, the, to the Lord for me that none of these things which he has spoken happened unto me. So here's this guy, the witch. The witch saw the power. Right? The power, the power of God. He sees the power of God, the power of God, and then not only that, he sees that whoever they lay their hands on. He's seeing that happen. And I said, if, if that was, if that was it, pay money, I'm not gonna cut your check to see somebody talk funny. But see, what come along with the funny talking is the power. That's it. What comes along with the funny talking is the power. Amen. Right? So when, so when he hit him with that, that hand and, and laid them hands on him and, and that anointing come over him, did he see them doing the same things that the disciples was doing? Yeah. I mean, they can do what I can do now. Yeah. I lost my power to the folks. I need to get this back. So man, look, man, how much, how much I got to pay y'all so you can do this for me? Get these people back. I need my power. I need to, y'all can need the power like y'all. I'll write you a check. I'll pay. Listen, it didn't say none of the other people pulled out a checkbook. Now, the dude, he wanted the power for the wrong reason. But if you look at his heart, as far as what, what the value, the Bible says where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. Man, I, don't, I want this annoying. How much? Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to pay. Now, you got plenty of folks in church ain't willing to pay nothing. But that brother said, I cut a check on the spot, I'll pay. I got the Holy Now the Holy Ghost is free for all of us. That brother said, I'll pay. How much? Just tell me how much. You got people outside of the world that value what we got in here, and we play, we have no value. No value on the life-changing power of God. 
They don't understand what it is. They're trying to get it from psychics. They're trying to get it from cards. They're trying to get it from cubes and crystals and everything else. And we got it. They value. See, you listen, you come in here and the man of God, the prophet, speak a word over. He ain't gonna tell you to extend your checkbook. Anybody, Pastor Eli, come right up to you and tell you, I know you, man. That's how he wrote, I know you, man. I know you. He began to speak a word to you by the Holy Ghost. He don't tell you, you know, hey, look, but before I go any further, I need you to write a check. Yeah, this this prophecy here, 1999. You know what I mean? Yeah, wait, I double the prophecy. So that don't happen in God's house. That don't happen in here. Them people that live, they, listen, they, they got, they understand what they got. I'm gonna I'm lie, I might even lie to you, but I'm finna give you some hope. I'm finna sell you on this hope. They put a value on power. We got it for free. Or do we? Because you don't really value something that you don't pay for. Could it be that's why we don't really value the power and the things of God? Because we're not willing to pay for it. Are you about to say, Pastor, we got to start cutting a check in here every time we come? No, we've been saying that. (laughs) The Bible been saying that. It's called offering. It's called tithe. Where a man's heart is, there his treasure will be also. If my heart's in this, my wallet in this. Amen. That's what that's all the scripture saying. If my heart's in here, my wallet's in here. My time is in here. My talents are in here. Is that right, Ross? Amen. My talents, my time, my treasure. Yeah. If my heart's in here, Everything I got in here. But if, 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 if my time, talent, treasure ain't here, my heart ain't, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm not really with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on the, the soldier mission. I'm a civilian posing as a soldier. I went to the, the command outpost me and got me some camo. camo. <laughs> We're almost done. This is just an introduction. So the brother was real willing to pay money. Now watch this. Let's talk about how everybody listen. I want you to say this: that there is a cost to be paid. Say that one. There is a cost, is a cost. that has to, has to be paid. And we're gonna we're gonna look at the cost that people pay. We're gonna take a look at one lady right now. Matthew twenty six seven through thirteen. Go turn to Matthew twenty six. There is a cost. There are plenty of people in here who, I mean, on their last leg, last money. So you know what? Boom, boom, boom. I got this bill. I got that bill. This, this, and this. I'm not going to be able to go out and party, but I got to get these ties in there and I'm going to give something. Whatever is my last. Who in here ever last? Well, you're supposed to give you money first. Ties come first. But who in here broke down and got the last money and know you need to pay them ties and come on and came off of them? Let me see their hands up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to leave me on $7 in the world with no paycheck in sight. But my heart's in it, and I made him a promise. So here, thou hast that which is thine. 
He goes, your, your, listen, he goes, your money, God? Yeah, come on. Did you hear what I said? He goes, your money, God. Not my money that I'm getting. Listen, when you pay your tithe, you ain't giving God. That ain't no offering. You have given him what he said was already his. That's part of the deal. Look, I'm going to bless you to be able to do what you do and make your money and you can come to me, whatever. But I need you to support my cause because my, my cause can't go without money. That's the whole thing about the money in the church. You can't do this without money. You can't. The, the, the preacher can't live unless he eat. The lights can't get paid. You can't fix screens and AC units. Man, I'm going to tell you, one time, it was a while back, they, they ate, one of the AC, all it takes is one of these four AC units to cut out and everybody, they can't focus. <laughs> they can't focus. I'm up here trying to preach, trying to tell them, listen, just keep fanning, but listen. Oh, we can't even listen no more because it's hot in here. <laughs> Spirituality went out the window. Oh, Lord, it's so hot, they going to make it. Oh my God. Ooh, can't wait till he finishes. The church be over. Because I'm hot. Hey, I mean, who'd ever seen the spiritual go out the window in the church when it's hot in there? But we don't need to give nothing. He just needs to keep that AC working. I don't care what he got to do. <laughs> Listen, go Uber, Pastor. Go, did y'all hear what I said? Pastor, go Uber. Just pay to, pay to fix the AC. You do it. You do it. Go drive Uber. Go Domino's Pizza. Go do whatever. You just get that AC fixed. Because it's hot. I'm not even trying to listen to you. Ooh, where we going to lunch at? Oh, my God. Oh, no, I don't even want to no, shake hands. I don't want to. It's hot. <laughs> and when the AC man, you know what he do when he come down here? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Pastor. How you doing? It's marvelous work y'all doing over at the church. It'll be 2800 yeah. What did you just say, bro? <laughs> I thought you just said, Praise the Lord, marvelous work. And then you came back with 2800 Oh, yeah, that's how I roll. Yeah, because I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm the AC man. <laughs> the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Cut me a check, Mr. Pastor, sir. And I can't come back and say, well, the offerings is down, chief. Oh, they is? I guess you don't really want no, no AC. Let the people keep sweating, pastor, and they'll come up with that money. Let's keep going. Oh, yeah, you got to have some money. The same way you got to have money at your house. Who AC ever broke at their house? Oh, yeah, no difference at your house. Did you call the neighbors or go outside to the dogs and raise the offering? Look at Fido. It's hot in there. It's hot in there. We need to get... What you mean? You live here too. So even you turn to somebody and tell them, hey, listen, you, you staying here too? You got to... Pastor Bean, am I tripping? No. We t- listen, at your... Listen, at your house, it's the same thing. Why you come in front of me and you know at your house it's the same thing? Your stuff start breaking, same AC man show up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Lenny. I'm blessed and highly favored. It'll be 2800 Hey, Pastor, what you say your AC man look like? <laughs> ah, I told you we'd like to have fun in here, boy. Now, let's read it. 
Matthew 26, verse 7. Somebody got to pay. You have to be willing to pay. <clears throat> Mary recognized the cost of the anointing with a year's worth of wages in an alabaster box. The scripture reads like this. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head. And as he sat at meat, but when the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose was this waste? For the ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Now that's the, com- that's the, that's the common thinking when you start talking about giving money. Are we going to give it to the poor people? No, we're going we're to give it to the people that need AC up in here talking about the Lord every week. That's what we're going to get the money to. Rev, you tripping? That's, that's mean. Watch what Jesus is fixing to say here when I finish reading this passage of scripture. So then you have to, you have to take your, write your, your tripping letter to Jesus. Cause he said it, I did. The first thing people say, we're gonna give it to the poor folks. Pastor Ben, you're gonna pay the, the light bill of the folks that ain't got nothing? Nope, I'm, the Lord told me to pay whoever come out the hat. Amen. He didn't tell me to pay the one who needed the most. He told me to pay the one to come out the hat. Now, some, they might have, in this particular time, they might need it, but he told me to do it like that. Yeah. Somebody could come, somebody could have, be dressed like a million bucks, and the Lord tell you, hey, listen, I need you to buy their lunch, give them a hundred bucks. That, that outfit may be the last thing they got on after all their house burnt down. You looking at them on the outside and thinking, you know, no, nah, just do what he tell you to do. Just do what he tells you. We're going to give it to the poor folks. Listen, let me tell you something. And I, I hope y'all don't get mad at me, but I'm going to tell you the truth right now. I'm going to tell you the truth right now. What I've learned coming out here is, and this ain't everybody, some people genuinely need it. But a lot of these shelters around here, some people just like, I don't got to buy groceries. Who in here is a witness to that? I don't, I don't have to buy no groceries. I don't, I don't buy, we don't buy groceries. This shelter give our food over that term. That shelter give our food over there. That shelter give our food over here. I got a, I got a job. What you talking about? I got a job. We, you know, look at these garments. I just take them off when I show up over there. Oh, is that truth or not? They don't. They don't. It's not a need. It's just straight greed, need and greed. You know, twin brothers. They just don't have the same color hat. So look at this, right? He said, he said, for this, now this, now wait a minute, look who's, look, look who's, I'm almost finished. Look who's talking. The disciples trying to tell Jesus. The woman don't need to give that stuff to you, Rev. We think. Well, I just picked y'all up off the side of the road, all 12 of y'all. <laughs> you was about to quit your fishing business before I came along, bordering on suicide, dude. And then you start rolling with me, and now you're going to tell me what to do? Yeah, we think, we think, Reb, we think we, she should have gave that to the Pope. When Jesus understood it, he said to them, why trouble ye the woman? For she has brought a good work upon me. This is good that she's doing with me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. What is he saying? Sometimes there are windows where moves of God need to take place. This is a window right now. Poor people are going to always be here. 
They have always, as a matter of fact, you know how Jesus would say some stuff and just cut you in the, in, in the heart and you just know, listen, the poor, the poor are always with you. They always been with you. You telling me about cutting a check to the poor? When the last time you cut a check to the poor? Yeah. Why are you going to count this lady money? This woman has, have, she won't listen. She decide she wants to sow this into me, into the work of the ministry. How are you going to count her money? Is it your, did you buy that perfume for her? Talking about give it to the poor. When the last time you cut a check for the poor? You gonna tell me what I need to do with my money? What you doing with your money? Amen. Paying my what? Huh? You gonna tell me what to do with the money? He said that you the poor. Listen, the poor you gonna have with you all. That's not. Listen, we supposed to help poor people. Yes. You supposed to do that. Same. That don't mean that you neglect. The needs of the house of God while you're helping the poor. Well, look, I'm going to take my tithes, 10%, right? And the poor people need it more than the church do. Now, what you do for the poor, that's called an offering, almsgiving. But he designated a certain percentage of, uh, of your income to come to the house of God. Matter of fact, you shouldn't listen. You shouldn't just go around, I'm just going to only give to poor people. You give to whoever God tell you to give to. If he tell you to buy lunch today and you got it, buy lunch today. Because it ain't nothing but money. Amen. Money is so unfaithful too. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, you can't trust it. Money's unfaithful. Thank the Lord for my little Chicana. Oh. <laughs> I can count on her, I can't count on her money. Money show up in your pocket and be there and be like, hey, how you doing? You know what? Where we gonna go? We're gonna hang around a little bit? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I promise I ain't going nowhere. Man, what's up with this tire? He got a screw in the side of it. Um, the money, you know what the money tell you at that point? I'm going with him, Pastor. I'm going with him. I'm going here. Well, how many of y'all going? I'm looking at about at least 135 plus the mountain and the balance. We taking 160 of us out of here. But I thought you said you was going to hang with me. <laughs> no, you know I lied. <laughs> you know I lied, Pastor. I'm not staying with you. We're going, but we'll be back, though. We'll be back. Some of us, maybe a little bit more of us. we come back, it might be some more of us the next time. But we out of here. You can't, you can't love no money, man. Can't love money because you can't control it. You use money. Oh, I gotta finally get off a stopping point. Let me read this last passage. Uh, Matthew six twenty one. Matthew six twenty one. Matthew 6, 21. We're going to end here and we're going to start here next time. He says, And for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye is single, the whole body will be full of light. But if thine eye is evil, then the whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore, in the, the light 
that is in, if the light that is in thee is be darkness, how great is the darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now listen to what he said. Now this is Jesus snitching on money just like I did. Money is no good. You can't trust it. You can't serve it. It won't stick with you. You use money. You don't worship it. Amen. You don't serve it. And this is why. This is why he made it same. So it goes directly into this next thing. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink. What you shall eat, what you shall drink. Nor yet for the body, what you shall put on. Is it not life more than meat for the body and raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. They, do, they sow not, neither do they reap. Neither do they gather into bones, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit of his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Why? Because the, this was the Lord's doing. The Lord took care of these. These were the Lord's projects. These flowers were under the Lord's care. Put yourself under the Lord's care. And you be careful like that. What shall we not much more? What shall we what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. Uh, hold on a second, I'm confusing. Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things, but seek ye first. Somebody say first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Listen, he's not telling you to abandon all your senses. And look what the Lord said, I don't have to worry about the bill coming up in two days. That's not what he's telling you to do. He's telling you a way that you live. Don't put a value on money or worry about how you're going to get money to take care of yourself. Instead, put yourself in the care of the Lord and declare that you live out of his pockets and not your own. Amen. I mean, the Lord knows there's bills. You want to know how I know the Lord knows there's bills? Because they came to him and talked to him and said, hey, we need to pay the taxes. He said, oh, don't worry about it. He didn't say, we're not going to pay taxes because I'm Jesus. He said, I, you know what? I so much really don't care about that and I rule over money. Uh, let me see the most ridiculous thing I can have you do to prove to you that I got power over money. Go down there and catch a fish and look in his mouth and see what you get. And then take it and pay the taxes. Because I'm that cold when it comes to money. I don't worry about money. I can do money. I can make, I can, listen, what, what do you say we need to eat? How many of us is? 5,000? We're not going to have enough for the fellowship, Rev. Oh, well, 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 y'all look around and see. Well, there's one guy here. He's got a chopped beef sandwich. Oh yeah, always commercials. They keep coming out. This one guy's got a chopped beef sandwich, two for ten, right? He said, "Let's let's do that. Let's use that." And the Bible says he fed five thousand off of a couple of loaves of bread and some fish, because he he's he not worried about that. He gonna do it out. But see us, because we trust in ourselves, we trust in money. We constantly worry that we're gonna run out. We constantly worry that we're not gonna have it. You have to manage, you have to steward, but we don't worry. 
He said, worry, listen, let me, and you can stop me right here, right now. If anybody in here knows how to make worry produce money, let me know. Let me know. How, if you know how to make, if you can sit there and you say, well, I sit down and I worry real hard till my stomach starts to ache. Yeah, and I'm crying and I'm just there and I'm worried, worried, I'm so worried. I'm worried, and the Lord sees me worrying, and all of a sudden, he cuts a check. No, the Bible says that he meets your need according to your faith. He just said the worrying ain't going to get the job done. But see, we all know how to worry, because that's the human nature in us is to worry. This, what I'm telling you right now, is different. When I get my heart right, and I put God first, there's a couple things that go along with it. Number one... I care for God more than anything else. That's number one. I love the Lord with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength, which he commanded us to do, right? So I put God first, right? So everything, therefore, everything connected to my heart, my mind, my will, and my emotions, he got that. Whatever I got, he got it, right? But but how are you going to live like that? Because there's a love thing going on between me and God. When I present to him everything that I have, he has given back to me everything that he got. Yeah, that's right. Therefore, I live out of his pockets and not mine. And because now here we go back and forth with the relationship. Because I have this love for him, whatever he asked me to do, whether that, you know, 10% or what I, I got going, God, here goes your, your 10%. I'm not going to keep your money. Why? Because I love you. Amen. I'm not going to do you like that. It ain't about counting. I'm not going to worry about counting my money. I'm going to give you your stuff back because I love you. Listen, Pastor Lord, give me this phone. I ain't giving you your phone back. This is my phone now. I'm not going to treat it like that if I love it like that, huh? Give me your phone. That's what we do, God. Give me your money. I'm not going to give you your money, God. I'm going to keep your money. I'm going to go shopping with your money. But see, when God let me use it, when God trusts me to get his money, Pastor Lord said, look, I left my phone in the office. Can you go get it for me? Oh, here you go, man. It's yours. I'm not going to keep my phone. It's hers. Man. So when they cut you your paycheck, you sit up there talking about this mine. And God, just cause, listen, just because it got your name on the top of the check don't mean it's your money. They don't make, listen, some people say that over here. Well, let's just make the check out to Jesus and send it straight to heaven. But when you find one of them bank suction things that go that high, I want to see it. <laughs> now, that's why he gave you instructions of where the money go. Yeah. Gave it instructions. So you can make all the excuses that you want. I don't pay because I can't give it straight to God. He said, do I eat the flesh of bulls and goats? I don't, I don't eat barbecue. That's for y'all. I don't, I don't eat, I don't, I don't need food and human stuff. Humans need human stuff. I'm up here. The money needs to be down there. That's how y'all work down there. But see, we'll, we'll constantly make excuses when it comes time to give or make a sacrifice in any capacity if God don't have our heart. You're gonna, you're gonna keep making excuses about money, why you can't come and participate, why you can't help out with this, why you can't sacrifice whatever. You're gonna make excuses if your heart ain't right. Because the Bible said where your heart is, there your treasure is going to be also. Now, I can't, I can't come help y'all with cleaning churches and stuff. I can't come clean up no churches. I can't be cleaning up no churches. 
No, because American Line alone. <laughs> Cleaning up churches, helping y'all with cleaning up garages. I can't do that. No. So I got to lift weights and get muscles and be strong. But see, what there's other times to lift weights, ain't it? At least you lift weights other times, don't you? So you don't lift weights 24 hours a day, seven days a week, are you? So you can't come down and clean the church, and you have come down and clean the church, haven't you? Last thing. There's a difference in a dream and obedience. There's a difference in a dream and obedience. Keep, keep following. A person could say in their life that my dream is to X, Y, whatever that might look like. Just because you see somebody working hard at something don't mean that that's their dream. It could be their obedience. Cross church was not my dream. It was not my dream. I think my dream would be some church with 20,000 people in there. And I step in there and preach on, be honest with you, 20,000. Don't be mad at me. Right? That would be my dream. It ain't my dream, but if I had a dream like that, that's what it would be. Fat Floyd Smokehouse and Grill. Not my dream. My obedience. And in the past, murmurings I've heard of this, that, and the other. The pastor, he loved the restaurant more than he loved the church. Now the pastor busts his butt in the restaurant because he loves the church. Cross church, I prayed for a year and a half. God, you send me where you want me to be because I'm just a soldier in the army of the Lord. You send me where you want me to be. You say we're going to Cleveland, let's go to the Walmart and check it out. Oh, Lord, we're going to Cleveland. All right. What are we going to do in Cleveland? The Lord said, I already got your orders worked out, soldier. I've put the money in your bank account to establish you to be able to go and do that good work. Yes, Lord, you have. You put a check in my account for $23,400. Miracle check. We sold a house and made another $12,000. I got a, a, a life insurance money. And some other money from somewhere. You've, you've positioned me to go to cross church and serve, sir. Yes, you have. So it's not because it was my dream. Then I take the money out of my pocket and build us a place to stay up there, which has allowed us to be able to stay here. Not because it's my dream, because it's my obedience. But you won't obey what you don't love. You won't obey who you don't love. If I don't love God, I'm not going to obey. It's got to be my dream for me to get down. It's got to be my dream for me to get down. I'm going to work hard at my dream because after all, even in church, Pastor Eli, that's what it's about. It's about my dream at church. The people tell you how I can get blessed. They teach me seven steps to, to magnificent increase in blessing. Seven steps to be debt free and how I can own a home. Seven steps to be a better me. Now understand, you, God wants you to be a better you. He wants you to own a home. He wants you to be debt free. He wants you to have everything you want. 
But he wants you to be to serve him. And out of your obedience, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then I add the home and the cars and the dream. Don't put the dream in front of the obedience. This is not, but see, this church, are we in church? Did he just say that at church? We don't talk about that at church. No, you better keep telling me how you're going to, how you going to get blessed. No, not sacrifice at church. No, shut that up. I look at my wife. Yesterday we come out of that, dragged ourselves over in the sanctuary, and I ain't gonna lie, I had a hamburger. We went to Sonic right after, man, drug ourselves in here 30 at night over there. Man, I'm tired. 50 hours is what I do over there in, in three and a half days. 50 hours. I'm the first one in there and the last one to leave out of there. Not because Fat Floyd Smokehouse is my dream. Fat Floyd Smokehouse is my obedience. I need a witness. Jasmine, come and be my second witness. It won't take you that long. Just a sec. That's close enough. You smell me? Come closer where you can smell me. Can you smell my cologne? Yes. Okay, go sit down. Can you smell my cologne? Yes. Okay, go sit down. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't, I like to smell like cologne. I like to smell like cologne. I don't like to smell like barbecue smoke. I don't like to be dirty. I don't like it. But that's my obedience. That ain't my dream. Oh, you, you know, are you Mr. Floyd? If that's what you need me to be in my obedience to help the church get where I need to be, I'll be Mr. Floyd. Yes, I am. We just love your food, Mr. Floyd. Yes, ma'am. Uh, that's great. That's great. But you know, six months before we started this restaurant, I couldn't even cook chicken. <laughs> Because barbecue ain't my dream. <laughs> Pastor Ben, you hear what I say? That's not my dream. It's my obedience. And I, I have been unfairly judged in, by, by some to think that's my dream. That's not my dream. That's my obedience. If you want to know what the realest dream I have is, just keep touching me. That's my dream. Just keep touching me. And I'll cook barbecue for you. I'll pastor church in Cleveland. Shoot, we'll go down to Romare and pastor one. Nah, I don't go down there. We don't want to go, we don't want to go no smaller. I have to do like what the man said that time, Brother Cooper, I am the pastor. No churches that don't have curbs. Brother Cooper told me one of the guys came down here to his interview wanted to be the pastor. He said, I said I'll never pastor in the town that they don't have curbs on the street. Brother Cooper was on the way taking the man to the airport. It's all right, I share this story. He's on the way taking the man to the airport and they passed the neighborhood and they had curbs in the street. He said, Oh, I didn't know y'all had neighborhoods with curbs, ain't it? We're just gonna keep on shooting you back to the airport, Chief. You already made your decision where you're not going to do it. I'm telling you the truth. Listen. Listen, if you have any respect for me, not as a person, but for what I do, the way I conduct myself is unto the Lord. Don't get it twisted by what you see me do. You don't see Pastor Levi working on his dream. You see Pastor Levi being obedient to God. 
That over there is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I've never done anything harder than that. But I've, I've never developed quicker or faster in my life. It challenges me to learn. It, it teaches me what the, the, of the power of repetition. That I can learn. Now I know I can learn anything. I can do anything if I keep doing it. I didn't know that before. You think some, nothing's too hard. You can learn it. And when you got other people that's willing to sacrifice with you, you can get stuff done. Amen. And even the people around me, how many of y'all that helped me with that restaurant in any capacity have, have stretched yourself so? Stretch you. Any capacity. It's stretch you. Everybody. Don't get it twisted. Not my, not my dream. My obedience. Because I have visited, I've been visited by the AC man. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Pastor. I need that 2800. Well, I got two choices. I can raise a special offering every week, or we can start cooking some barbecue. And she's not in me to manipulate. I'm not going to fix it, twist it, give you a message and. So I can, hey, look, I need everybody to sow a thousand dollar seed and the Lord promised he's going to give you a mansion and a mansion and a mansion. It's in the near future. I don't do that with y'all, do I? Somebody, somebody tell me when I did that to you. You give the money, what comes in online, what comes in the basket, we take it back. Brother Cooper takes this money back over to the office. He counted up. And Monday morning, I go look. I got the bank app on my phone. What can we pay? What can't we pay right now? I don't get on the phone and start calling you at your house. Say, listen, I need a special offering. Except for this month, September. One time a year. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to even tell you how much to give. Because this, this, about your, this, this offering is about your generosity. It's, it's something for you to stretch yourself with God. This month we're gonna have we're gonna have three weeks, and then the first Sunday in October we're gonna receive that that offer. And the first time we did it, I think we gave five thousand. Me and Pastor Lord, we gave five thousand dollars. Second year we gave two. Money was running short. And I and I and I know the folks in the room that jumped on board with us. I know I know who followed suit. But I never give nobody a hard time about what they give. And if, I, I would not know you giving. I wouldn't know who gives if I didn't look online and see what came in. I'm not looking for what you did. I want to, at the end of the day how much can I pay the AC man off of what he wants. When somebody, when I get in front of y'all, whoever it is, most preachers, they bring somebody else in to talk about giving. There's no need for that. We don't need to put no lipstick on the donkey. Cut the check. When it's time to give, we need to learn how to do that. But your heart is the thing. If, let me tell you something. If you can't give a simple thing like offering money, when God asks you to do something that really stretches you, you're not going to do that. Because money is a simple and easy thing. 
It's the test. He said, try me, prove me uh, with this. And see, won't I? But some people never experience that see, won't I? Because you won't be faithful with your giving. If you can't hear this from me, I got to quit my job. I have to resign if I can't tell it to you like that. Let somebody else come in here and let you do what you want to do. I'm not, not going to be a better you if somebody don't tell you the truth. Amen. So next week, I will have some special envelopes for you to take home. You're going to take it home with you. And you're going to be responsible on the first Sunday in October to bring that envelope back with your offering. If you can't, if you say, hey, listen, the Lord tells me to pledge X amount and over the next month or so I'm going to give that, you write that in the envelope. But you got, you, could, you got to keep up with that envelope. Wherever, because I want you to understand, that's a symbol that this is important. You keep up with the envelope, you take it with you. And you bring it back that Sunday. But we're going to keep dealing with your heart. I have uh, a list of paychecks that I missed. Three quarters of a year. And if the Lord ever told me, son, uh, we're moving on. I'm not going to say, hey, wait a minute, you owe me this money. I'm going to say, hey, man, praise the Lord. Let's go, Lord. If the Lord ever, listen, I don't even, really, I don't, it don't make me no difference where I get the money, but I think I'm going to get it. I think the Lord's going to bring a huge blessing and I'm going to be smiling. So just a saving account for me. But if I don't get it, I'm not going to cry. Because it's only money. And you know what? Gibson, I don't need nothing. I'm going to eat lunch today. The lights is on. Everybody see them? You hear that AC running back there? I got my cologne. My wife. How can I miss her? I don't need nothing. So I'm going to squabble about that. Some people, listen, you owe me $5. I'm getting my money. Give me my money. And it, if your heart like that, man, you messed up. You got to deal with the heart before we can get to your wallet. Amen. Um, let's receive the offering for this morning. Not your special offer for this morning. And then we have a couple of announcements and we're going to be finished. Come on now. But, but, but while we're talking about this, I want you just a show of hands. Anybody in the room that you would say, I know that it's because of my obedience and my giving that God has, 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 has turned my finances around and began to bless my life. Raise your hand. Amen. Oh, you know. I'm not the only salesman in here. Right? So give them a minute. Let's play some music. Give them a minute to get their stuff together. Uh, Gibson, you have your announcements to quickly follow. Matter of fact, why don't you come up and do that while they wait on them to get their stuff together. And then, Pastor Mary, you have an announcement. So why don't you uh, sashay around? And uh, got a sashay, though. I don't think that's a full sashay. I like them shoes, boy. Nice, boy. You dressed nice today. You got a haircut. You got a haircut and a shade. Luciano did that. All right, yeah, you look good. Like the nice belt. You you picked all his clothes, didn't you? <laughs>
Don't don't lie in the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all go ahead. Oh God. And they saw it, y'all saw it. Kaylee or you? That was Kaylee. I think she was. 